Hello! I'm Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the the Squad Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. And Captain Trips. (laughs) (laughs) We are no longer uh, calling it uh, coronavirus. It's now called Captain Trips. Captain Trips. And if you don't know what that's from, then yeah, get with it. Get with the stand. I sneezed twice. I have Captain Trips. <laughs> Could have well, also had something to do with the fact that it was real windy today and I was running exactly. in the wind. Let yep. me tell you how much fun it is running up a hill against the wind. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> Don't I was, do it, girl. I was dealing with it and I work on a farm. So no. it's it's nasty. <laughs> Just walking anywhere outside there and the wind is blowing. You're gonna have the sniffles after. Mm-hmm. But also, it's not coronavirus. You're fine. Oh my god. <laughs> Everything's gonna be fine. I promise. I have COVID. Why do you think you have COVID? Because I have chills. Are you running a fever? Well, I don't know. Maybe check. Sorry, my family's full of drama queens. I mean, Mm. rightfully so, because they don't want to spread it. But let's not panic until we know for sure. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Just a little PSA. Yeah. But we're also all about being safe. Yes. And wearing a mask and wearing gloves and being careful when you have to go out. Wash your hands. That too. Don't touch your face. <laughs> but my face is so pretty. Right. I touch it all the time. <sighs> <laughs> um, I have a joke for you. I'm ready. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you you had a joke? <laughs> I had a joke and then I ran away. Okay. Sorry. That was great. Why was there thunder and lightning inside the laboratory? Oh, I don't know. Why? Because Dr. Frankenstein and Igor were brainstorming. <laughs> oh my God. That's great. Mine Isn't is lovely. Mine's terrible. Okay. Do it. Do okay. It. <laughs> what did the warlock write in his Tinder bio? Oh, boy. I don't know. I'm a real neck romancer. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> also, I feel like that's what most of the tenders say. <laughs> Dude. Like, I feel this is a real thing. Dude. It's so bad. <laughs> All the warlocks so on bad. dating apps. Oh, I still have coffee. Oh, yay. Mm. Sip that coffee, girl. It's cold. It's okay. It's so good. Mm. <laughs> Well, shall we get into our booze news? Mm-hmm. Booze news, booze news. All right, so Hellraiser judgment director and special effects artist Gary J. Uh, Tunnencliffe is reteaming with pinhead actor Paul T. Taylor on the clown horror film, aka a movie that Brie is not going to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be called uh, Cool Rephobia. Okay. Basically, Fear of Clouds. Wait, wait. Wasn't this already made? I feel like there was already a movie called Cool Rephobia. Now that I'm You're probably right. my memory bank. I guess there's going to be a new one. But this is coming from uh, Bloody Disgusting. They learned about this exclusive. And in this film, it says the simple... They said the simple intention is to do for clowns what Jaws did for sharks. And it says, yeah, and they're saying this won't be a campy, fun, comedy horror film. Think about the craziest, weirdest moments of Hellraiser Judgment and times times that by a thousand. Throw it into a blender with the original Evil Dead, Wrong Turn, Hills Have Eyes, and you've got Coolerphobia. Okay, Gary. That's a lot. Okay, Gary. He's throwing a lot in that blender. Also... We, we will not be seeing this movie. <laughs> but, but, but also, clowns don't need any more help being creepy. Exactly. So Just watch Terrifier. Oh, dude, no. <laughs> when that girl that got... That was a mistake watching no, that by myself, when, by the way. When she got sawed in half, like, I, I had to turn it off. I'm like, I can't. I can't do it. No. It, it wasn't... It just... Oh, 
I just don't like clowns. It's you know what the clown don't was. Don't sign me up for clowns. The clown was fine. The the sawing piece, like I don't even know how I the movie like, ended, and nor do I care because I can't. It's okay. You yeah. It's I fine. can't. Nope. 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 But I was like, if you make me watch this movie, then we're watching the nun again. Fuck that. <laughs> I I I'm fine with probably not seeing this. No, I especially don't... because he's saying Evil Dead, Wrong Turn, Hills Have mm-hmm. Eyes. And Hellraiser all in a blender, and and we're gonna make this clown movie. This doesn't make any. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, no. What was it? Oh, heart, heart, something tender. Caught in a blender, watch it spin around to a beautiful oblivion. (laughs) Rendezvous, and I'm through with clowns. Yep, exactly. I'm I'm showing my age. That's no a little a little Eve Six throwback from the nineties. I knew that song. Well, you're you're also old. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now that we've cleared we're, that. We're in the same boat. <laughs> I'm older than you. Not by that much. Mm. Mm, no. Not I by mean, that much. Kind of. No. You look better than me. Does oh, that please, make you does girl. that make you feel better? <laughs> girl. You do look better than me. <laughs> yes. You got that beautiful skin. Not today. No. You look adorable. Your cheeks are all rosy. Even without makeup, you look gorgeous. Stop. I love you. Stop. <laughs> and she's like, we're going to watch Coolerphobia. No. If it's, like, honestly, I, I did not care for The Hills Have Eyes. I liked Ron Turn. I liked the original Evil Dead. But I was not a fan of the original Hills Have Eyes. Actually, I no. wasn't a fan of any of them. Yeah, I don't like the new one either. It was disgusting. Yeah, it's it hits a little close to home. So I don't me. know how I feel about how this movie is going to be. No, I get I, Terrifier Perp Four. Yeah, there there are certain <laughs> there are certain things from that movie that trigger me, and I can't watch it. Yeah, hard hard no. Well, in other news, <laughs> getting off clowns. <laughs> bye bye clowns. I know. We recently learned that all of WB's 2021 movies will be hitting theaters and coming to HBO Max on the same days. Yay! Ooh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like um, da, 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 Wonder Woman 1984 and oh, such. Oh, yeah. I'll be watching that soon. You know I love Wonder Woman. Is that coming out on Christmas Day? It's actually already out. What? Wonder Woman? <laughs> yes. What? As far as I know. Looks at HBO Max. I feel like it's already there. I could be wrong. Soul comes out on Christmas Day, right? Yes. Okay, so I'll be watching. That. I'm really excited about that. Not creepy movie, but really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Because, well, you know. I don't have to say it on here. <laughs> I just feel like Disney. Oh, it's not out quite yet. It's not? No. Oh, see, I thought it was. Well, anyway. And Chris- oh, oh, yeah. Just Christmas Day. Oh, okay. So, coming soon. <laughs> but, so, but I've noticed HBO Max has been doing that quite a bit. Yes. And then if you haven't seen The Witches, that's on there. Yeah. I mean, it was okay. It was fine. I was like, we didn't talk about that yet, did we? No. Hmm. Maybe that'll be a list. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, we also found out that today Mortal Kombat has been given its new date. Uh, the new um, the movie will release in theaters and on uh, HBO Max on April sixteenth, twenty twenty one. And uh, Mortal Kombat is produced by James Wan, uh, written by Greg Russo, and directed by uh, Simon McQuoid. And then Benjamin Walfish, who did It Chapter 2, is composing the score. Ooh! And it's also been promised a rated R uh, movie. Okay. With very gory fatalities, which, I mean, it's Mortal Kombat. <sighs> it's Mortal Kombat. If, it, if they're going to make another movie about the game, I kind of feel like they need to have those real nasty fatalities that were in the game. To, for people to like this movie. Okay. Because the first one was like a hot mess. If we watch <laughs> that one, then maybe I'll just be working on a knitting project. <laughs> no, it, no. You know what? Maybe. No, I don't know. I don't know if I'll even watch it, honestly. No, don't do it, girl. It's not. I know who I probably it. will end up watching it with. But... I do too. <laughs> Sips water. <laughs> that's uh two episodes in a row that have some video game related their news there brie 
I don't know what's happening to me. Uh huh. I do. <laughs> Moving on. Next. <laughs> let's let's get off of me. Thank you. Next. Okay. Um. So I'm a little bummed. So I texted you about this, but um, I have uh, I, I have sadness, and here's why. Okay. Okay. So coming to Discovery Plus. The premium streaming service on January 4th. Okay. The gentleman from Ghost Adventures, my dear friend. He's not really my friend. He has no idea that I exist. But they should. I just really like to make fun of them for wearing their gas masks in places. <laughs> uh, and I actually had the audacity to send go- the Ghost Adventures production crew an email and said, you should hire me because I'm a woman and you have zero female representation on your staff. Um, but not wrong for sending it. It's just a bunch of middle-aged white guys and they didn't respond to me. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So anyway, uh, coming to Discovery Plus streaming service on January 4th, the gents from Ghost Adventures are going to be streaming a special two-hour long episode on their investigation of the infamous Hotel Cecil here in Los Angeles, California. And if you, any of our fans who are from Los Angeles must know that it doesn't have that name anymore. No, it's now the Hotel on Main. Which I'm still not going to stay there. I mean, I kind of want to. I mean, I do, but I don't because I'm afraid to take a shower. I also, oh, well, oh yeah, cause, because of poor Lisa Lamb. I mean. <sighs> well, also the hotel is not in the most glamorous part of Los Angeles. Right. And I also have to pay to park my car while I'm staying there. And it, you have to pay and it still might get broken into. Exactly. Not that enticing. No. I mean, I'll, I would I would like to go inside and like take pictures and you know maybe check out certain locations mm-hmm. i don't know if i really want to stay where i do want to stay downtown is the biltmore well yeah we still post covid need to just blow a bunch of stupid money on high tea at the biltmore yeah but i also want to stay there <laughs> because we can do both. i mean honestly let's be real like if we want to see some ghosts, let's see some high class ghosts. I mean, I'm I agree. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I agree. Um, so the reason why I'm bummed is because it's not coming to the Discovery Channel um, or to the Travel Channel. I think it's normally on the Travel Channel. Mm-hmm. Um, it is on Discovery Plus, which is yet another streaming service. Oh my God! That you have stop. to pay for. <laughs> I am so done with all of you guys starting a new streaming service. Just pick one that's already out. So, so that we don't, we're not subscribing to like 10 different things. No. So moral of the story, I am not going to pay to watch this episode. I am just going to wait six to nine months. And if it ever makes an appearance on the travel channel, maybe I'll watch it, but I don't need to pay for an extra that's streaming ridiculous. service. I know. Discovery plus really, you is know. there a lot of people that watches like the Discovery Channel like that to where they need their own streaming service? I don't know. That's silly. It's just silly. Anyway, yep. continue. <laughs> well, in other news, uh, as we've we've mentioned before, that Morgan Creek is developing a theatrical reboot of The Exorcist. Um, so on his Twitter account, William Friedkin wants everybody to know that he is not, and I use that word in all shouty caps. He is not involved in any capacity. That's why it's not going to be good. Nope. I have (laughs) zero expectations for this film. So he actually tweeted, there's a rumor on IMDb that I am involved with a new version of The Exorcist. This isn't a rumor. It's a flat out lie. There is not enough money or motivation in the world to get me to do this. And that is how you read someone. I said what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Billy freaking said, I said what I said. And no. I'm done. Mm -hmm. It's a no from me. (laughs) It's going to be a no from me. Also, that means this is going to suck. Uh, yeah, pretty I'm much. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, there's no way. Oh, God. I don't understand why people are making reboots. Just write a new story. But all the good stories are already taken. Yeah, but I mean, like, yes, we know that ideas and stories are, you know, repeated or switched around to make it kind of sort of seem like it's new. I mean, that's fine. Because <laughs> we know we're going to recycle 
you know, different scary stories, but you, hey, you could be creative. My two that are from the 2000s that I really loved and that scared the fuck out of me. And one of them was dubbed based on science, the scariest horror movie, because they actually measured breath rates. They measured heart rates and so forth. It was Sinister. Mm-hmm. Uh, sinister and insidious both the first insidious not the first insidious yeah they both were original ideas and scary af i'm sorry i know that a lot of people didn't like either of those movies but i loved them i thought they were original ideas they were super unsettling yes they were (laughs) i mean i remember when we went through the um the first insidious maze they made at uh, universal oh girl we were running i was having a moment (laughs) (laughs) i think the people in front and in back of us probably did not like us no because and also i was like don't put me in the front girl well see i do this thing where and i feel so bad because i i physically jump when you put me in those mazes if i'm in the front and I understand that it's funny for everybody, but I will physically jump. The problem is I will physically jump backwards on you. Yes. And I have, I know I've stepped on your feet multiple times. No, it's okay. It's better than getting backed into a wall. Hey, yo, no shade, but. <laughs> so I'd rather you step on my foot than instead of knocking me completely into a wall. I promise you I will never intentionally do that. No, well, I mean, but you never have. And we've been through many mazes where we've grabbed each other. That's very true. So, (laughs) well, and um, so going back to some shopping, because you guys should shop small for this holiday season. And I know when this comes out, like, it'll be pretty much Christmas. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't already, um, you know, done your shopping by then, you should still shop small because people are going to have New Year's deals, too. And, oh, totally. And the small businesses need it. Amazon doesn't need your money anymore. Yep. They're good. Yep. Think about Think about the small people because they're getting shut down and because people are not shopping with them. So, yes. So, anyway. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, I would like to share uh, six soaps. I have noticed them on IG. And I think their soaps are so cute. Um, I even shared them on our Instagram account in our stories. Um, but they offer a wide variety of custom handmade bizarre soaps ranging from kid-friendly to bloody horror. Mm. Meaning like for us. Um, so they have, as I mentioned, they have an IG, but also they're on Etsy. And they have some really cute, spooky Christmas soaps. There is a Krampus soap. And there was also little little like coffin shaped uh soaps and they have little different things in the inside oh cute yeah but my favorite is like the it's the madame leota soap nice it's so great because like her head's in the globe and everything (gasps) how adorable is that it's really cute i probably would even use that soap to be honest (laughs) no (laughs) i would just look at it (laughs) but um check them out they um like i said everything's handmade and I don't know. I just like handmade stuff. I think it just adds a little something to the gift. And yeah, but check them out. They have some really, really cute stuff. And another one that I found that I think is really, really cool, it is called uh, VHS Bright Lights. And it is exactly what it sounds like. They're VH- uh, VHS lamps. Would you say that they will blind you by the light? Oh. It's, I'm sorry, it's stuck in my head. You have to suffer too. <laughs> bing, bing, Sorry, sorry. Oh boy, but yes. <laughs> Not, it came on my running playlist today and now it is forever cemented for the next like, week. But I mean, that song kind of makes you run. It makes though. me run a little faster. Like, yeah. I'm, like I'm doing 80 slash dance running. My neighbors all think I'm crazy. <laughs> That's how I feel about uh, Take On Me. Dude. I have heard that song so many times. It, it makes me feel like I should be running when I hear it. Yes. I don't know why. Dude, Aha is just reeling in the cash <laughs> from royalties. Yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but so uh, VHS uh, Bright Lights, they have 
basically, like I said, it's what it sounds like. They take old VHS tapes and they turn them into lamps. That's such a groovy to idea. To put on your wall. And I think it's so cool. They have a lot of horror themed ones. Uh, but they also... Um, on their IG and also in their um, Etsy shop, slide into their DMs and they'll make everything <laughs> custom for you. So if there's like a particular movie um, that you want on the VHS, they can make it for you. I, I actually might look into this. Oh, there you go. Because it's real cute. And I like kitschy stuff like that. So. And they have a, they have an Etsy? Oh yeah, they got it. Yes. Etsy. Okay. Good so yeah, check them out. Woohoo. Uh, the first one I picked is called Wiki's World. Oh, they have cute stuff. They do. And uh, their Etsy store, their name is under Wiki's Web. And it's W-I-C-K-Y-S. Apostrophe S. Oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have tons and tons and tons of super fun pins. And namely, they have lots of cute Nightmare Before Christmas pins. Oh, really? So, you yeah. say. So for everyone that likes to collect pins on their lovely denim jackets that are making a comeback, um, check them out. Wiki's World on Etsy. So, or Wiki's Web on Etsy, but they're called Wiki's World on Instagram. So check them out. Follow them. Buy stuff. And then the other one that I actually bought a, a little thing from that, unfortunately, it's not going to be here by Christmas, but that's okay. I'm going to leave it up all year round because I love it. Um, it's Della Morteco. Oh. So that is spelled D-E-L-L-A-M-O-R-T-E-C-O. So they have an Etsy shop with lots of super cute ornaments for your spooky trees. Um, <laughs> but they also have, and I bought it, they have a Krampus Nutcracker. Oh, <gasps> what? Uh-huh. Boom. Time out. Yep. Super fun. I, I gotta say, that's probably the the best Nutcracker ever created. Prima- well, I mean, second best because our gal over at Bat in Your Belfry. Oh, yeah, that's right. Did you see her I Plague did. Doctor Nutcracker that I she did. made? Also, so perfect. I'm like, how... <laughs> Like mass produce 900 of these and I will buy 899 of them because they are so perfect. A little army of plague doctors. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. Well, today. Yay. Since this episode is going to air on Christmas Eve. It's and it's perfect. Everybody's been waiting for this. Yes. We've gotten many requests. Yes. For this particular movie that we are going to talk about today. Yes. And the reason that we waited, because contrary to popular belief, this is a Christmas movie, not a Halloween movie. Right. It is none other than The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yay! Yahoo! Kidnap the Santa Claus. Throw him in a bag. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's just my favorite song of the whole thing. I love it. So, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Came out in 1993, uh, also known as Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, which, uh-huh. fun fact, Tim Burton did not direct this. Yeah, when you like said that earlier, I was like, hmm? Right? What? It's little known fact, <laughs> he did not direct this. Because um, it's called Tim Burton's. Well, he, he helped write it, he right. produced it, he had... Um, artistic license over the characters and and how they looked but he did not direct it it was actually directed by henry selick and this was his feature directorial debut well good job henry Mm -hmm. good job yep um but it was as i mentioned produced and conceived by tim burton and it tells the story of our hero jack skellington the king of halloween town who stumbles through a portal to christmas town and becomes obsessed with celebrating the holiday i feel like i am jack skellington trying to celebrate christmas (laughs) (laughs) i'm just not good at it oh man it's like that that meme that's going around when um, mm-hmm. <laughs> when it uh when, when you're dark uh in, on the inside but you're you're trying to um add a little bit glitter on the outside and it's the skeleton with the pink tutu oh yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's me it's also me with the little thingy yep 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 <laughs> so um 
that's a very brief synopsis of it. Um, but Danny Elfman, my musical Ugh, hero, my only genius. my only surviving musical hero, because poor Leonard Cohen died in 2016. Oh and, boy. and Dave, oh my fucking god, David Bowie also died in 2016. Two oh. of my two of my trinity, my holy trinity of music. Oh boy. I'm so sad. Um God, I just depressed myself. But anyway. <laughs> Dan- Back to happiness. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Danny Elfman wrote all of the songs and the score with actual help from his former Oingo Boingo bandmate, Steve Bartek, who is an equally brilliant mm-hmm composer and musician um like he graduated from ucla with a degree in composition and i think like 74 or something like that um he has done everything from films to he did the horn section for an avenged sevenfold song i mean steve bartek's done everything he is a musical genius he does not get enough credit yeah um both of these wonderful brilliant men were from the same band oingo boingo the best band of all time there i said it fight me you are not going to change my mind (laughs) So we gotta um, get that music episode in. Right? Um, it's time. It is time after the first of the year. So uh, he wrote the song and score, and then he also provided the singing voice for Jack. However, the speaking voice for Jack Skellington was provided by none other than Chris Sarandon. Yeah, see, I did not know that. That's why th- we're doing this. I thought it was Danny Elfman the whole time. And then now, like, I'm, I went back and I looked on IMDb. I was like, oh, it's right. Well, <laughs> you want to run us through the cast real quick? Oh, yeah, of course. So, um, as we mentioned, as Sarah mentioned before, Danny Elfman did the singing voice of Jack Skellington. But he also did uh, the voice of Beryl. And the clown with the tearaway face, which I don't like that character. Um, <laughs> when that part came on, when I first saw this movie, I was like, oh, no. Nope. <laughs> Why is there a clown with a tearaway face? Right. Why do we need that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I have a shirt that says that clowns are unnecessary. So <laughs> um, there's no need for clowns. <laughs> that is what my shirt says. Anyway. <laughs> and then also the voice of Jack Skellington was Chris Sarandon. And then we have the wonderful Catherine O'Hara who did the voice of Sally and also uh she did the voice of shock like all these talented people Mm -hmm. um and then we have uh William uh Hickey as the evil scientist Glenn Shaddix as uh, the mayor Paul Rubens did the voice of Locke uh, the great Ken Page. Oh, Ken Page. I know. He did. He voiced uh, Oogie Boogie. I mean, oh, I just can't tell enough of how perfect that was. <laughs> Sidebar. Uh, three years ago at the Hollywood Bowl here in L.A., mm-hmm. uh, it was right before Halloween. Jared and I went to, we, we splurged, spent the money, bought great tickets, and we got to see Nightmare Before Christmas, but it was um, one of the the film showings where they play the movie, so you hear the speaking parts, but oh, all yeah. of the songs are done by the original actors, well, as many of them as they could get from the films. So they had the little chorus of singers, um, but Danny Elfman was there and sang Catherine O'Hara, Ken Page, Paul Rubens even came out and did oh, the Lock, really? Shock, and Barrel song with them. Yeah. Um, <gasps> oh, and uh, yeah, it so was sad. I did not see that. Oh my God. It was, it was seriously, even, even Jared who hates stop motion animation, like absolutely hates it. Even he had said, okay, I'm really glad you took me to that because that was a fun night. That was such oh, a great night. But so jealous. But Ken Page, after all these years, still got it. I mean, not surprised though. No. I mean, they oh, need to they awesome. need to use him more. He's just great. He was amazing. So and great. Fun fact: the Oogie Boogie song that I didn't know. I'm sorry. Am I stealing your fun facts? I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say this one, and if I steal one of your fun facts, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I'll just take it out. <laughs> um, Danny Elfman actually wrote Oogie Boogie song for Cab Calloway. He was inspired I mean, by, like, in case you couldn't tell. Yeah, I was, was like, you can tell. Yeah, he was inspired <laughs> by Cab Calloway to write that song. Um, Actually, I, I don't think I had that one. Yeah. But I just knew that in my mind, and I didn't put it here, and I probably should have, so mm. thank you. <laughs> um. So, let's talk a little bit about the inception of the film. So, 
After Tim Burton completed Vincent, the short stop motion animation film that he did in 1982, um, he was then employed by Walt Disney Feature Animation. He wrote a three-page poem titled The Nightmare Before Christmas. And he actually drew inspiration from the TV specials like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and the poem A Visit from St. Nicholas. So he always intended to adapt the poem into a television special um, with the narration spoken by his favorite actor, Vincent Price, um, who also narrated the Vincent stop motion. And then, yep, yep. Um, But he also considered a few other options, actually also considered a children's book. But never wrote the children's book, turned it into a movie. So he then started to create concept art and storyboards for the whole project in collaboration with Rick Heinrichs, who also sculpted the character models. And Tim Burton actually later showed his and Heinrichs' works in progress to Henry Selleck, who was also a Disney animator at the time. All these... Dude, okay. I know. (laughs) So I'm going to pause right there because if you have not watched the Imagineering story... On Disney Plus, you need to. You are missing out. I you finally need to. actually got through all of it. By the way, you need to watch. If you have a Disney Plus account, you need to watch all of the documentaries that are on there. You need to watch the Imagineering story, Frank and Ollie. Mm-hmm. So freaking cute. Um, you also need to watch the two uh, musical documentary, or I guess you know documentaries on the musicians that wrote most of Disney music. One called The Brothers which showcases the life of the Sherman brothers who wrote groovy surf music in the 60s and then pretty much every major Disney movie that you've known and loved from like the 50s to the 70s, actually even into the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were absolutely brilliant as they you know they were showcased in uh, Saving Mr. Banks. And then also you need to watch Howard. Oh yeah. About the life of Howard Ashman. Oh mm-hmm. my God. I'm bawling like a baby. Okay, anyway, so watch that stuff because all of these animators are so crazy talented. Yeah. It's just, it's amazing to watch. Um, So after the success of Vincent, Disney then started to consider developing The Nightmare Before Christmas as either a short film or a 30-minute holiday television special. Um, However, the project's development eventually stalled as its tone seemed, quote-unquote, too weird for the company. Well, Hmm. duh. Tim Burton is basically the godfather of the counterculture. Yeah. It's like, but you knew that from reading the story. But also, did y'all watch Vincent? Right, exactly. (laughs) Speaking of weird. um, So Disney was unable to offer uh, his nocturnal loners enough scope. Uh, Burton was actually fired from the studio in 1984 and went on to to direct the commercially successful films of Beetlejuice and Batman. Yep. And then they're like, well, shit. Mm-hmm. We messed up big hey, time. Hey, Disney, you fucked up. Mm-hmm. Because you saw how Beetlejuice and Batman did. Oh, yeah. Just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were both amazing. So, uh, over the years, Burton uh, regularly thought about the project. So, in 1990, Burton found out that Disney still owned the film rights. Of course they did. I mean, these are the, this is the same company that tried to copyright Day of the Dead. Exactly. So. <laughs> so he and uh, Selleck committed to produce a full-length film uh, with the latter as director. So Burton's own success with live-action films piqued uh, the interest of Walt Disney Studios chairman Jeffrey Katzenberg. Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who saw the film as an opportunity con- to continue the studio streak of recent successes in feature in feature animation. Disney was looking forward to Nightmare uh, to show capabilities of technical and uh, storytelling achievements that were present in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I mean, and if you haven't seen Who, who Framed Roger Rabbit... Where have you been? It- <laughs> And it's like one of my favorite Disney movies. And also Disney, I need you to have more Roger Rabbit merch. I'm just, I'm just saying. But they're too busy making all that Star Wars money back. <laughs> they're also making too much Frozen stuff. I know you love Frozen. I, okay. <laughs> I, I but I like, have an issue with so much. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I liked Frozen. I liked the second Frozen better than the first. Yes, agreed. I'm not like 
culty in love with Frozen. I feel like a lot of like other people though are. I don't need that much. Fr- like yeah. I mean, I liked it, but I'm not wearing a fucking Frozen scarf everywhere. I mean. <laughs> I remember when that movie came out, like, all you could hear was let it go. And I'm like, and I'm over here saying, like, I need y'all to really let it go. Turn it off. (laughs) Turn it off. I really need you to let it go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm so done. But seriously, Disney, I know you're probably not listening to this podcast, but, and when we do release this episode, I'm going to tag you guys Mm -hmm. and tell you to please put more, um, roger rabbit merch in the store thank you do it i'm getting off my soapbox now um (laughs) so uh walt disney pictures president uh david haberman believed the film would prove to be a creative achievement for disney's image and elaborating he said we can think outside the envelope we can do different and unusual things i swear they just want to grab everything Like, we we like weird now. This can make us money. Let's take it and exploit it and make a dollar on it. Yeah, we can be weird. This is the way. It's good. <laughs> so, Nightmare marked Burton's third consecutive film with a Christmas setting. Uh, Burton could not direct because of his commitment with uh, Batman Returns. Also, great. Oh, I love Batman Returns so hard. <laughs> they need to bring him back for Batman. I'm just just throwing that out there. I mean, too, anyway, they they paid our paths too much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't get Tim Burton back. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> so he was doing Batman Returns, and he did not want to be involved with the painstakingly slow process of stop motion. I feel you mm-hmm. because I did one class when I was in film school, and I was like, "Guess what? You guys are getting army men, and that's it." Because <laughs> I ain't got time. <laughs> I'll take the B or the C, whatever. Right. <laughs> that was like literally the day I was like, yep, C's get degrees. It's fine. Yep. That was my motto. C's get degrees. Because <laughs> I'm like, I, this is this is stupid. Yep. And whoever, and for all you guys who do stop motion, seriously, you're amazing. I just can't do it. You do the Lord's work. Yeah, you really do. Because I can't do it. Nope. I did like a really short, like 30 seconds. And that took me like two days. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. And that's, that's, that I, was, about right. I was done after the first day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> so, but to adapt his poem into a screenplay, Burton approached Michael uh, McDowell, his collaborator on Beetlejuice. Amazing. Um, my, uh, McDowell and Burton experienced uh, creative differences, which convinced Burton uh, to make the film as a musical with lyrics and compositions by frequent collaborator Danny Elfman. Mm. Yay! <laughs> uh, Elfman and Burton created a rough storyline and two th- uh, two thirds of the film's songs. Uh, Elfman found writing Nightmares' eleven songs as one of the easiest jobs I've ever had. And he said, I had a lot in common with Jack Skellington. You can really tell he like super dived <laughs> into that. Dude, when when he performed all of the Jack Skellington numbers when we saw him a couple years ago, he was so freaking kooky and like kind of going around on stage with his hands and little claws and like stomping and there okay no the highlight of the night was so watching the movie was amazing and getting to see all the actors come out and perform as well however when i fucking died and i jumped up out of my seat and screamed like a 13 year old girl at a backstreet boys concert was when steve bartek came out and uh i forget who else was i i forget who else was uh the backing band it obviously wasn't all of oingo boingo but it was steve bartek backing band and danny elfman and they played two boingo tunes and i jumped up screaming and i was singing my whole heart out and i'm like they can see me i know they can see me and hear me oh my god and jared is just sitting in his chair like who is this person (laughs) i do not know this woman (laughs) next time i'll just have to go with you so i can dance and jump and scream with it's you. a date <laughs> i love our dates <laughs> i do too um but uh caroline thompson had yet to be hired to write the screenplay but with thompson's screenplay um Selick stated there are very few lines of dialogue that are caroline's she became busy on other films and we were constantly rewriting reconfiguring and developing the film visually wow Thanks, Caroline. Just adding more work for people. Mm, right. 
Um, Selleck and his team of animators began production in uh, 1991 in San Francisco with a crew of over 120 workers utilizing 20 sound stages for filming. Wow. That's a lot of sound stages. Yes. <laughs> Joe uh, Ramped. Ramped? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. There it is. Yay. I'm going to just say that all night now. <laughs> <laughs> Was hired from Disney as a storyboard uh, supervisor while... Uh, Eric Layton was hired to supervise animation. At the peak of production, 20 individual sound stages were simultaneously being used for filming. That's so much work. God, in total, there were 109,440 frames taken for the film. So much work. I'm, I'm hurting already. I wasn't even there. Mm -mm. <laughs> uh, the work of Ray Harryhausen. Hey, Hey. That was good. But I know, but that's from Monsters Inc. Yes. Harry Housens. Yes. Yay. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I just saw that. That is one of my favorites. I'm sorry. I just had to kind of um geek for just a little bit. <laughs> and then uh oh god, Ladislaw Starovich. Yes, I did it. Uh Edward Gorey. Oh, I Et love Edward Gorey. <laughs> Etienne Delazo, oh, man. De Lazer, there it is. Gahan mm -hmm. <laughs> Wilson, Charles Adams, Jan Lanica, Francis Bacon, I love that name, um, <laughs> and Owasili Kandinsky influenced the filmmakers. Uh, Selick described the production design as akin to a pop up book. I mean, yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> In addition, as uh, uh, Selick stated, when we reach Halloween Town, it's entirely German expressionism. <laughs> That's that's also true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when Jack enters Christmas Town, it's an outrageous Dr. Seuss-esque set piece. Finally, when Jack is delivering presents in the real world, everything is plain, simple, and perfectly aligned. Um, Vincent Price, Don Amiche, and James Earl Jones were considered to provide the narration for the film's prologue. However, all proved difficult to cast, and the producers instead hired local uh, voice artist Ed Ivory. Patrick Stewart provided the prologue narration for the film's soundtrack. Which was an excellent choice. It was. And I am a huge Patrick Stewart fan. Me too. I'm really sad they couldn't get Vincent Price or James Earl Jones. I'm just going to throw that out there. Well, and especially because um, <laughs> Vincent Price did... Wait, hold on. What year did he die? Oh, uh, he might have been a goner no, I by think... that time because he died on while filming Edward Scissorhands, 93. Oh, yep. So, uh, but this came out in 93. So he, oh. went, eh, eh. so he could have, but he wasn't well. So oh, maybe that's, that's why true. he was, yeah. he was declining. Yeah. So. Oh, well. On the direction of the film, uh, Selleck actually reflected that it's as though Tim Burton laid the egg and I sat on it and hatched it. He wasn't involved in a very hands-on way, but his hand is in it. It was my job to make it look like a Tim Burton film, which is not so different from my own films. Uh, that actually is incredibly accurate. Um, so when he asked... When he was asked about Tim Burton's involvement in the film, Selleck actually claimed, I don't want to take away from Tim, but he was not in San Francisco when we made it. He came up five times over two years and spent no more than eight or ten days in total. The shade of it all. Mm -hmm. um, so Walt Disney Feature Animation contributed with some second layering traditional animation. Um, and Burton found production was somewhat difficult because he was simultaneously filming Batman Returns and he was in pre-production for Ed Wood. Also, an amazing yep. movie. Love it. Martin Landau as Bella Lugosi like just makes me so happy. <laughs> it's so great. It's perfection. <laughs> so, some fun facts about the puppets that were created. So, the filmmakers actually constructed 227 puppets to represent the characters in the movie. It's oh a lot of fucking puppets. Jesus. Um, with, oh, but get this part. Jack Skellington had around 400 heads. <laughs> which allowed the expression of every possible emotion oh my gosh i don't even think that i can make 400 different faces no i just got one no, 
It's got one. Mine's usually RBF. <laughs> right. Um, so during the animation process, only Sally's face mask was removed in order to preserve the the order of her long red hair. Um, so Sally had 10 types of faces, each made with a series of 11 expressions, such as, you know, eyes being open, closed, and then various facial poses and synchronized mouth movements. So the stop motion figurine of Jack was reused in James and the Giant Peach as oh. Captain Jack. Oh, huh. Right? It's fun. I have to go back and watch that now. No. <laughs> um, so the Nightmare Before Christmas, I was actually, and so, okay, back up. Everybody knows this was released by Touchstone. However, it has now been rebranded on Disney Plus as Walt Disney Productions. Really? So, yes. Here's where this comes in. Okay. Uh, it was originally going to be released by Walt Disney Pictures to be part of the animation lineup, but Disney actually decided not to re- or to release the film under the adult film label. That sounds a little, you know, <laughs> that sounds provocative. Yeah, just a little. Um, I'll say the more mature film label, Touchstone Pictures, because the studio actually thought that the film was, quote unquote, too dark and scary for kids. And their biggest fear uh, and why it was treated as almost the stepchild project um, was because they were afraid that their core audience would hate the film and not show up. Mm. So to convey Tim Burton's involvement and attract a wider audience, because now he started to or his career was on the upswing, um, they actually marketed the film as Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Smart move, Disney. Right. I mean, those people, <laughs> they, they know how to make a buck. They sure do. Um, so Tim Burton then explained that it turned into more of a brand name thing um, and he wasn't super comfortable in it, but... He did it anyway. So it ended up premiering at the New York Film Festival October 9th in 1993 and was given a limited release on October 13th, 1993. And Ooh. by the end of October, it was in wide release. So it was, again, reissued under Walt Disney Pictures and re-released in 2006. And I remember actually going to see it when this happened. Um with a conversion to Disney Digital 3D and Industrial yep. Light and Magic, thank you, George Lucas, uh, assisted in the process. So the subsequent film received three re-releases uh, in the following years, in October of 2007, 2008, 2009. And I actually remember going to see this at the El Capitan Me too. when that happened. Um, and they had been showing the film in 4D screenings annually, which ended in Halloween, since 2010 amazing remember in the 2000s like the especially late 2000s everybody was obsessed with 3d movies yep and i slowly got out of it because it hurt my eyes well one it hurt my eyes but two i even pre-covid i've always been a little bit afraid of germs oh and i don't like getting the recycled glasses oh you're right i'm i'm not about it god now you got me thinking about that i'm sorry you don't know how many recycled glasses I put on at Disneyland. Dude, right? Star tours. Yep. That's one of the reasons why I don't... I mean, they don't clean them? Well, they put them in a... Well, okay. It goes there's, in the receptacle. There's a difference between cleaning and sterilizing. The okay. Sh- the never the two shall meet. So, uh, they throw them in giant UV containers because it... it kills everything that's on it the ultraviolet light kills any type of bacteria that's on it got it but that doesn't mean it gets cleaned so if there's Ah. a kid that have popcorn and then they rub their grubby little hands all over the the lenses and you get your glasses for your turn on the ride they're still gonna have grubby little popcorn smears on them they're just not gonna be germy does that make sense got it yeah and i'm sorry that was not kind to refer to kids hands as grubby little hands but i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) we like children (laughs) well i will get into a few little fun facts yay (laughs) so in 2001 walt disney pictures began to consider producing a sequel no Um, (laughs) but rather than using stop motion disney wanted to use computer animation no yeah yeah no (laughs) tim burton convinced disney to drop the idea thank god he said i always i was always very protective of nightmare um 
and, you know, not to do sequels or things of that kind. Uh, Burton explained, you know, Jack visits Thanksgiving World or other kinds of things just because I felt the movie had a purity to it and, you know, the people that like it. So, yeah, I can't imagine him going to um, Thanksgiving World. No. Because, <laughs> I mean, I know there was other doors he didn't go into. But There's like the Easter Bunny made a little thing. Yeah, but I'm like, does he really need to go through all the doors? No, I don't think so. <laughs> um, uh, it It is stated in the making of a uh, book that the most difficult shot to film in the entire movie was the shot in which Jack is reaching for the doorknob to Christmas land. Uh, viewers can see the perfect surround reflection of the forest around Jack in the background. Well, I mean, it's, it's stop motion animation. So I'm sure all the shots were difficult. Mm, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in the, in the scenes with the street band, especially in sol- inside the town hall, there is a small man inside the base, and that is based on Danny Elfman. Really? So, I kind of have to go back and look at that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then here's a little bit more about Vincent Price, too. I forgot that I have that in my fun facts. Not really a fun fact, but um, but according to Henry Selig, Vincent Price was originally cast as Santa Claus. However, after the death of Price's wife, his own health began to fail, and his voice performance was very frail and weak. Zing. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> the tracks were deemed uh, unusable, which led much to, you know, Selig's regret, to the role being recast. The film uh, premiered at a film festival on October 9th, only 16 days before Price's death, and was released on a limited basis uh, four days later. And then the film's first United States-wide release was October 29th, and that was four days after he had passed away. Womp womp. Yeah, so there's that. <laughs> I figured, because I knew that um, his time on the set of Edward Scissorhands actually got cut short because he yep. passed while they were still filming. I was going to say, I remember that. Yep. Oh, Vincent Price, you're so great. What a suave gentleman he I was. I know. Uh, we got we to gotta do more of his movies and stuff, too. Yes. Um, <laughs> Um, in the extended ending to the film heard on the soundtrack album, many years later, Santa Claus returns to Halloween Town to visit Jack and finds that he has about four or five skeleton children. How cute! That's really cute. Oh my god, I would totally have a child if I could have a skeleton child. <laughs> I, you know what? Now I want to see that. Oh my god, how cute! <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Uh, so, Oogie Boogie was originally intended to be doc- Dr. Finkelstein in disguise, but reportedly Tim Burton was so infuriated by this idea that he literally kicked a hole into the wall. Bro, it's not that big of a deal. He's it's like, just, I don't like it! It's just an idea. <laughs> I was like, Diva. Yeah, like, I don't like it. I'm going to kick a hole in this wall. <laughs> Jeez, temper, Man. temper, temper. Um, <laughs> the kidnap the Sandy Claus music is heard. I mean, well, we know this in the Haunted Mansion holiday ride at Disneyland here in California, and also Disneyland Tokyo. It's the only time of the year that 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 ride has a ridiculous line. Oh yeah, I mean, Haunted Mansion still kind of has somewhat of a line just depending it's the difference between like especially in the summer because it's cold down there 30 minutes and two hours (laughs) yeah oh god (laughs) i mean and really in the winter don't get me wrong i like i like the the haunted mansion holiday Mm -hmm. um but i like the haunted mansion just normal year round anyway the only reason why i really have to ride it during the holidays is because it smells like gingerbread that too Yep, yep. And I love to see how they decorate the gingerbread house. Every year it's different. I love that. Last year it was that big spider one, like that big spider. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is fine. Well, and I just enjoy too that every year they've been adding new things. Yes. So, I mean, obviously we didn't get to see it this year, but maybe next year we can, Disneyland, you can make a big idea out of it. Just saying. I wonder if. Change it up. Well, I, I wonder if Disney actually had to, like, I know they're decorating California Adventure for the holidays because um, 
Buena Vista Street's open. Right. But I wonder if they actually did anything to Disneyland. Oh, good question. I don't think so. Because, like, technically you never know when things are going to open, but it costs them a lot of time and money to decorate the Mm -hmm. park. I doubt it. I mean, if they're not opening it, why decorate it? No. But, but... But, you know, pre pre um, COVID spikes, I think they were getting close to striking a deal with the oh, government. That's to open. true. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, that's hey, if we have any listeners that work at Disneyland, let us know if they actually had to go through and decorate it, because uh, I'm curious. Yeah. Inquiring minds would like to know. Yes. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> uh, so in the song, This is Halloween, the lyrics, Tender lump- Lumplings Everywhere, refers to Tender Lumplings, a song done by Danny Elfman. When he was with Oingo Bongo. I did not know that. I I mean, like, I hear that part in there, but I didn't know it had anything to do with that song. Yeah, it sure did. (laughs) So, that's amazing. (laughs) Um, And, uh, oh, the Christmas tree in Sally's vision that catches fire is the same tree in Jack's house. There it is. Just a little connection there. Uh, Originally, a longer version of Jack trying to get the true meaning of Christmas through science was fully animated. Some of the the best gags, including a scene of Jack doing illustrations of Santa and his monster form, (laughs) were cut simply due to time purposes. But that kind of would have been funny. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, A crossed out calculation on Jack's blackboard seems to equate three times the square of pi multiplied by 12 to Christmas Day. Which equals the Santa hat. (laughs) And then the true numerical answer is approximately 355.1. And then if the decimal portion is dropped, this then equates to December 21st, the 355th day of the year. Hence the crossed out equation. I didn't know that. (laughs) And then uh, December 21st, however, is the first day of winter in the Northern Hemisphere, winter solstice. And it's also the birthday of Jeffrey Katzenberg. Suck up. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I I feel real smart for reading that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Really cool. And I have to go back and look at this. Uh, a model of the evil queen from Snow White and the Seven Doors can be spotted briefly in the back row of the town meeting scene. Oh, no way! I gotta go back. Oh my god, I gotta go watch it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then there's also a hidden Mickey. It's on the table where Jack is doing his experiments. Oh, these little Easter eggs. I know. Also have to go back and find that one. <laughs> Listen, I am not observant. I know. Well, I'm too busy singing, so <laughs> I'm not even paying attention, but now I maybe I will. And then uh, some of the presents Jack delivers to the kids are nods to Tim Burton films. So the snake that looks like the sandworm, obviously, mm-hmm. from Beetlejuice. Yes. The shrunken head uh, is from the afterlife waiting room in the same film. Yes. And then the cat and the duck are both featured in Batman Returns. Oh my God, you're right. Yep. (laughs) So the the cat is the uh, mascot for Shrek's department store. And then the duck resembles the vehicle driven by the penguin. Fuck, man. I know. (laughs) I would have never, I didn't even pay attention to that. I'm going to be real honest. As as you're saying it, I'm I'm (laughs) connecting the dots, but I'm like, shit, I've never noticed this. And also, I think this is funny, but also makes so much sense. So the fact that the mayor has two faces is a play on the term two-faced politician. Ain't that the freaking truth. I know. I was like, also, did not pay attention to that, Mm -mm. but makes so much sense. Um, (laughs) And then the wolfman is shown wearing a nightgown and cap that resembles the one worn by the granny in the classic fable, Little Red Riding Hood. Love it. And so there are my fun facts. I love it. But, you know, as... Most of you know that you should be watching this during Christmas. Just, Absolutely. It it's, is, it's great. It is a Christmas movie, not a Halloween movie. Though, I, I will say, honestly, I have it on my acceptable Christmas music playlist. Okay. That is literally what it's titled. And, <laughs> and then I have it also on my Halloween playlist. <laughs> I have This Is Halloween on my playlist. Okay, yeah, correction. I have a few songs. But that's it. But, like, the rest of it is, Mm-mm. yeah, it's on my Christmas one. Yes. So, yeah. 
I dig it. <laughs> Watch the movie. Yes. If you have been living under a rock since 1983, <laughs> um, please, this Christmas Eve, if you're listening to this podcast... Turn it off because it's over now and go watch Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> yes, exactly. Go pop the popcorn. Yes. Get your little Christmas candies. Yes. Get your kids and a blanket. Get the dog, the cat, whatever. Your dog is cold. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was so funny. <laughs> but really, if your dog is really cold, the blanket's not going to work. Get one of our hoodies. Yep, they're extra toasty. Yeah, so there's mm-hmm. that. Yep. But yeah, I mean, this is the time that we should all be kind of hanging out at home anyway. Yep. Cancel your plans. Don't go out. It's not safe, especially in Southern California. We are dropping like flies. Yep. Yep. So curl up with your loved ones who are safe at home with you and watch Nightmare Before Christmas. Do it. And yeah. Yeah. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and instagram and make sure you uh, rate and review us wherever you listen to our podcast yes and we are taking next week off we will not have new episodes next week because we're tired (laughs) (laughs) we we need a holiday break too just like everybody else we need a break we're not going anywhere but (laughs) we need a break (laughs) yeah but um yeah, but we'll be back the following week with more fun, spooky things for the new year. So yes. we hope that you have a very happy holiday, a very safe new year. Don't go out. Don't do New Year's parties. Just stay home, get belligerently drunk, and yell at your cats. Yeah, and if you're getting drunk, make sure you're on a Zoom with somebody so they can be drunk with you. Yeah, It's more fun that way. Yes. <laughs> um, if you have a friend that's a drag queen, do it with them. <gasps> yeah. Yes, even better. <laughs> Seriously. Yep. Be safe, everybody. Yes. Happy and holidays and all that. Yes. Uh, like us on Instagram, Facebook. Did we say that? I think yeah, we, we did. We did. Okay. Uh, rate and view us wherever you listen to podcasts. We said that too. We said that. Okay. Creep it real. We're done. <laughs> we'll scare you later. Bye. Bye. Happy New Year and shit.